This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 197, recorded on Monday, February the 2nd, 2015. Well, 197, I guess uh, we were wrong. We figured we'd hit 200 uh, during the hiatus, and that ain't going to happen. No, that's not going to happen unless we record three more episodes in the next six days. Right. Let's Okay, let's stop this episode and then do another one. That's right. 197, done. 198, <laughs> coming right up. <laughs> uh, no, we will hit 200 sometime in the back half of season five. That's going to be awesome, I think. Round, uh, you know, round in about three episodes from now. Yeah, about that. And... So that'll be our, our main show for episode 10, right? Because we've got episode 9, then our feedback show, and then episode 10. Right. That's exciting. That's exciting. That's good. That's nice round numbers. That's good. It is. Uh, we won't be doing anything special for 200, like we did for 100 and probably 50 and stuff like that. But um, that's because it's in the middle of the regular schedule, and we don't want to break away to do something spe- special. Maybe we'll do something special for 300 when that comes around. Yeah, or maybe uh, 217. 217 is a good number. Yeah. So, yeah, why not? Exactly. Why not? All right. Well, this is still... Or, so, so, yeah, 217. That's sorry. I, I, I thought maybe it was 317 there for a second. But uh, 217 would be the next time a, uh, a 17 comes around. Okay, good. Um, maybe we should do a special episode on 314 for Pi. Oh, yeah. A uh, Pi episode would be great. Sure. <laughs> we got Pi uh, coming up soon, actually. Uh Three point one four one five nine. It's the uh, the date is going to be like pi to like six decimal places. Really? Are you keeping yeah, track well, of that? March fourteenth, uh huh, twenty fifteen, uh huh, at two fifty nine. That's exciting. So you remind me what one fifty nine? Sorry, three point one four one five nine. Right? Oh yeah, nine two six. So at nine twenty six in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, you you keep track of that for everybody, and you let us know. Yeah. All right. This is still 197, though, so yeah. we're, we're going to finish this one. And uh, The Walking Dead comes back next Sunday, Jason. It does, it does. So I'm looking forward to that. There's all kinds of spoilers out there if you want to go and look for those things. We, however, will not really be talking about them here. Although later in the show, we are going to talk about the episode titles that have been released for the second half of Season 5. Right. First thing, though, is that I want to remind everyone one more time that we are trying to get nominated for podcast awards this year. Right, right, right. And that is the deadline for nominations is coming up soon. And uh, I believe it is this Friday, which is the 7th, the 6th. Uh, Yeah, nominations close at 11.59, February the 6th, 2015. So... What we've been asking you to do, very kindly, is to go over to podcastawards.com, nominate The Talking Dead in at least the entertainment category, but also maybe People's Choice, because you never know. Yep. And uh, if you put in our podcast name, The Talking Dead, our URL, www.talkingdeadpodcast.com, and then at the bottom you have to enter, I think, whether you're a listener or a podcaster and your name and email, and submit if you nominate us, we would greatly appreciate that. You have the rest of this week or until Friday to do it, and we'll see what happens. So the, the nominees, the people that are nominated, the podcasts that are nominated, how are they chosen? Are they chosen by a panel of our peers, or are they chosen by a uh, popular vote? Public voting. Okay, so why is there a people's choice category? Yeah, It's, it's all bit, people's choice. It, it, it is all people's choice. I don't know. I, the other categories are just specific for certain uh, genres of podcast. Right. And then People's Choice is kind of like the Best Picture Award. That's the one that's any genre can be nominated. Right. Oh, okay. So it's just kind of a, a an ad hoc kind of, uh, we like these guys, but they don't really fit into any of your crazy categories, you podcast awards. Or Yeah. Or it's just like, you know, um, a movie can be nominated for Best Director, Best Cinematographer, Actors, you know, whatever, whatever, plus Best Picture. Right, so, but none of those are people's choice, right? No, that's true. You know, the Oscars don't have people's choice because you know the people don't get to choose. Whereas, this, you know, if they had, uh, if they did have a, a people's choice, which they could have, mm-hmm. it would be open to public voting, right? But in this case, 
it's all public voting, so why have it people? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just picking nits. No, I, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Um, but I think it's just so that there's sort of one general category that anyone can be nominated in if you don't fit into other ones or, or whatever. So, All right. From now on, every time somebody says People's Choice for the Podcast Awards, I'm thinking other crap. Okay, good. Right? <laughs> why not? And and to be honest, in our case, you know, entertainment is really the the only one... Well, the thing is, there's a general, <laughs> there's a general category, and there's best produced. Oh man, too. there's no other. There's already <laughs> another crap. So it's other, other crap. Right. There's no TV though. There's no like TV fan podcast category or something like that. There's entertainment, best produced, general, and people's choice. Those are the ones we might fit into. Like we definitely don't fit into sports, travel, technology, politics, you know, health stuff like that. So. Man, I wish there really wasn't a comma between sports and travel because a sports travel podcast would be cool. Uh, sports and travel are separate categories. I know, but if they were the same, if there was one podcast that was dedicated to sports travel. Oh, yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, it would just be, you know, talking about uh, hockey teams traveling around. You know what the travel plans are, how they're going to get there. You know what the process is for getting from the airport to the hotel. You know, do they all the players check in all at once, or uh, you know, does the manager check in for everybody? It, you know, there's a whole—it's a whole thing. Wow, you've got a—you might be sitting on a goldmine idea there, man. <laughs> Sports travel. Sports travel. Anyways, go to podcastawards.com. Nominate us, please, at least in entertainment, but also entertainment and people's choice if you feel like it. And you and I were talking, Jason, earlier this mm -hmm. week. And we want to make this worth people's while. So one thing we thought we'd do is if we get nominated, we will do another Ask Us Anything podcast. We did this last year right? where we just went out onto Facebook and we said, hey, is there anything you guys want to know about us? Any questions you have can be, can be related to The Walking Dead, maybe not personal, you know, whatever. We will answer them on the air as, as much as we can. And I actually had a really good time doing that. Me too, yeah. And I think people had sort of a fun time sending in the questions and, and hearing the answers. And it, uh, it brought us a little bit closer to our listeners, I think. And we will do that again if we get nominated. I learned something about you. You may have learned something about me. We learned about the listeners. The listeners learned about us. It was all very much a learning experience. It was. and But I think there's more to be shared, more learning to, uh, to be done. Yeah. So we'll and do... And stuff that I don't want to share, but I'm not going to point you in any direction. Just to, if you happen to ask the questions, I will answer them. Okay. There you go. Jason is an open book. You just have to know what to ask. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a closed book, but uh, you're welcome to uh, query the book. To flip through <laughs> and see what you yeah. find. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, first question for him would be, how many nude photos does he have on the internet of himself? <laughs> uh, on the internet, zero. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That one's answered. So that's yeah. what it's going to be like. You can ask whatever you want. Hopefully, if we get nominated, um, well, I mean, we the idea is we'll do this if we get nominated kind of as a thank you. Hopefully, that's something people want to do again. But I know I had fun with it. So um, we will see. And uh, there you go. So we might do it anyway. But let's try to get nominated, too. <laughs> Well, we're going to try and get nominated. I would like to get nominated. It would. It would be fun. It would be fun. Once we're nominated, then we have to start bugging people to go actually vote for us, which is a whole other thing. Um, and we'll, if that happens, we'll come up with something else to do if we actually win. Right. Uh, okay. What is next on the agenda here? Next on the agenda is some listener feedback. But you know what? I didn't prepare the damn bumper. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was ready for this, but I wasn't. So here we go. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right. Uh, the first bit of feedback here is a call we got from a fine gentleman in Calgary, Alberta. And here it goes. Hey, Jason and Eric. Uh, my name's Neil. I'm calling from Calgary. And I just listened to podcast 193. And you guys got a call from middle-aged guy in South Central Pennsylvania. Well, you said that you didn't know what this guy's name was because he never said it. Well, I'm calling to say that I'm 99% sure that this guy's name was Greg Nicotero. Uh, I'm saying that because it sounded exactly like Greg Nicotero. I was waiting for the end of the call when he would actually say that it was him, but he never did. Uh, I'm saying this also because it sounded exactly like him. 
And I looked up on IMDb where he's from, and Greg Nicotero is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm pretty sure you got a call asking about why they don't cover themselves in zombie gore from the man himself, Greg Nicotero. Anyways, big fan. Uh, I've been listening for quite a while now. I just caught up and glad I could uh, send this in. All right. Have a good one. Thank you very much, Neil. Couple of you, things. Neil. Couple of things before we address uh, middle aged guy. Um, yep. He called me Eric, which. It's That's not, fine. I'm fine. I'm okay with that. I mean, I, it's, he, it's a true blood reference. It's uh, Jason Stackhouse and Eric Northman. It's either that or he just forgot that he was calling us and not our friends over at the Walker Stalkers, which is hosted by a guy named Eric. Yeah. Uh, James and Eric, actually. So right. I, it's, it's close. It's close. So uh, no problem. I'm cool with it. If you want to call me Eric for the duration of this show, I'm okay with that. Or you're right. Maybe it's a true blood reference. Sure. Well, I looked up Jason and Eric to see if what the reference was, and uh, the first four uh, uh, links on Google are uh, True Blood, Why Jason and Eric's Sex Scene. And so it was referenced to Jason Stackhouse's and uh, Eric Northman's uh-huh. sex scene. Uh, that, that's a spoiler for me, because I haven't seen that. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know. Well, luckily it's not... You and me doing a sex scene. Well, God, no. <laughs> all right. And, and second of all, say hi to your dog for us, Neil, if that was indeed your dog barking in the background. Um, but on to his actual point. So middle-aged right. guy in uh, Pennsylvania who we played mm-hmm. a call from a few episodes ago. Apparently, it sounds just like Greg Nicotero. Jason, I think you should be the judge here. I've met Greg Nicotero, so I kind of right. know what he sounds like. Did you okay. meet him? I can't remember. In Atlanta? I saw him and his uh, the other guy there, both wearing scarves. The big I don't giant. Know if I've actually, yeah, the big giant guy. Uh, they were wearing <laughs> scarves. I don't know if I met them. All right. Well, in uh, uh, shoot, I can't Atlanta. remember. No, I don't remember if it was New Jersey or or Chicago at Walker Stalker Con where I shook his hand. But one of those two, I shook his hand and said hi. Um, uh, so I've met the guy in real life, and it didn't occur to me that middle aged guy sounded like Greg Nicotero. But here's middle aged guy, a, a clip of him. And, and you tell me what you think, Jason, if you think it sounds like him. Hello. I want to thank you guys for doing your show. Super awesome. And it makes my commute to work during the week so much more enjoyable. Anyway, with that said, um, I've just had this lingering question uh, inside of my mind. And I put it off for months and months and months. And for some reason this morning, I've decided to call and pose the question uh, to both of you since you are uh, zombie apocalypse gurus. And my question is this. The number one danger other than human uh, in uh, Walking Dead is obviously the zombies. And we know that if you smear their nasty little guts and bits of meat all over your So there we go. That's middle-aged guy in Pennsylvania. And, you know, to me, he does sound a little bit like Greg Nicotero. Do you happen to have a clip of Greg Nicotero? Because we just discussed that I haven't actually met the man, uh, so I I don't have any frame of reference for his voice, unfortunately. I don't. Uh, queued up, I'm afraid I do not. Um, well, then I'm going to have to go ahead and say it sounds exactly like him. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I see no discernible difference between his voice and Greg Nicotero's voice. I, I should have queued something up, but uh, it to me it does sound a little bit like him. But I think it's more... The way he speaks than the sound of his voice. I mean, I've heard Greg Nicotero on a lot of panels. I've heard him on a lot of podcasts, on TV and interviews. And uh, he does have a sort of speech pattern that's maybe not unique to him, but it's recognizable when you listen to him more often. And I think middle-aged guy sounds a little bit or speaks a little bit the same way as Nicotero does. And maybe that's where the similarity is coming in. But first of all, I'd just like to say, if that is Greg Nicotero, thanks for calling, dude. And second of all, um, he called us zombie apocalypse gurus, I think. That's quite a compliment coming from the man himself. It, it really is. And I, I wonder about his commute. Because <laughs> yeah. if I was, uh, you know, Greg Nicotero, I'd probably be working all over the world. And therefore, the commute would be variable. Yep. Uh, or... Uh, alternatively, alternatively, I would have a shop in my backyard, so I wouldn't have to commute. Mm-hmm. You know, like bring in all the crap, make I'll do whatever I need to do, and yep. then ship the crap out to the place that the crap needs to get filmed. 
He spends a lot of time working in Georgia, of course, and probably a lot of time working in Los Angeles. Uh, but he's from Pittsburgh, so he may have a house there. He may work there sometimes. I don't know. Right. Uh, either way, though, if that's Greg, call us back and let us know. And uh, if not, thank you, middle-aged guy, for calling in and providing such good comments. Uh, and thanks for Neil. Thanks to Neil for pointing that out, too. All right, uh, we got an email here from Steve on the internet regarding tunnels in the United States. Oh, okay. You Good. recall, last time I we were talking about do. tunnels when we were uh, reviewing the Walking Dead Descent. Yep. Steve says, the U.S. has thousands of miles of tunnels under our cities. Washington State and Oregon have tunnels all over the place. These tunnels were used for the Underground Railroad and also for people getting shanghai some bars and buildings had trap doors, and the bartender would pull or kick a lever, and the floor would open, and the unsuspecting guy would fall to either a stack of mattresses or dirt underground. They were then transported to an awaiting ship, which could be extremely far away. Wow. So do you know what Shanghaiing is? I do. I had I, to look it I, up. I had, uh, I had a Shanghai. I was in Shanghai, and we thought somebody had been Shanghai'd that we were with. So, Which was ironic and kind of funny, but he was missing, so it was scary. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. Did you find him? Uh, yeah, he was in the hotel, and uh, oddly enough, he went... We had just gotten there. This was in 1997. Maybe it was 99. I forget. We had just gotten there, and uh, jet lag is a real bitch when you fly that far. And so we had... They woke us up to have dinner. So we had dinner, and we were all heading back to bed because we were very sleepy, and he went up the elevator by himself. Instead of turning right after getting off the elevator, he turned left and went to what he thought was his room, tried his key. It worked. He went in, wondered where all his bags went, and fell asleep on the bed. The key worked in a different room? Well, yeah, that's a different uh, concern we had, but uh, we looked for this guy for uh, a couple of hours. Like, we went through the entire hotel. We went outside <laughs> looking for him. I went into the, the karaoke bar, which I was sure was filled with prostitutes. Uh, so I just kind of poked my head in, looked around, went prostitutes, and left. And uh, <laughs> eventually the uh, we found out where he went using uh, the security camera footage. Oh, smart. Yeah. Well, I had to look up the term, and apparently people were sort of kidnapped and made to work on ships. And that's what right. shanghai was. Uh, but yeah. the point is, there are thousands of miles of tunnels under U.S. cities. So I think Steve is saying that it's not all that far-fetched that there would be tunnels uh, available to everyone in Georgia underneath Woodbury and the surrounding area. Wow. Oh, and uh, we were wor worried that he was shanghai because he was like six foot four and weighed like 260 pounds. So we're like, yeah, if somebody shanghai him, they're in trouble. Because he's <laughs> a big dude. A, he was a big dude. He's bigger now. Like he's six foot seven or something. He was still growing at the time. Oh, what? He was a teenager and he was six four? Yeah. Jeez, big dude. He was six foot tall at, uh, in grade five. Interesting. Um, there you go. Thank you, Steve, for clarifying the tunnels. Brad of the Dead on the internet writes uh, about The Walking Dead descent, actually. And now this, his email came in just as or before we were recording last time, so it didn't make it, but I thought I'd read it now. He says, I read the recent Walking Dead book, Descent, and I thought it was pedestrian. In the previous books, I was invested in the characters being a TV and comic fan, and I enjoyed the backstory of the governor and Lily to a lesser extent. But this book trails off into new characters which are not that interesting, and more to the point, a storyline that is not that interesting. The story is stretched a little thin, with only one major payoff, uh, a telegraphed herd attacking Woodbury. I would like the book series to either provide a backstory to the saviors or whisperers. That would be novel-worthy. Hmm. So, you know, I guess Brad of the Dead didn't didn't love the book a little bit too much. Um, I think that's a risk when you um, when you branch out into new characters that are unfamiliar to people, right? Yep. Well, again, you know, you, uh, no matter what you do when you're writing a, a novel, I'm, and if you change directions in any way, shape, or form, uh, somebody's not going to like it. Well, somebody for sure. Uh, but I mean, when you have the governor who is this iconic character in the Walking Dead universe, and you, you write some novels about him, people are going to be on board, right? They're going to... Yeah. The fans are going to be like, we want to know more about this guy, and that's it. And then his story ends, 
and you continue that with a new group of characters, even though they were, you know, a big or a small part, some part of the previous story, it can be tough to get people to go along with you, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, for one, I was hoping for a complete changeover in the cast and plot lines and locations and everything. I wanted a brand new storyline. I wanted, you know, a completely different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the TV show, in the comic, and the, and the novels, everything is kind of centered around uh, centered on this this one core group of people, and it's offshoots, right? Right. We have uh, Rick and the gang, and we have the governor and the gang, and everything's been around you know around that. I want a different perspective. Like this is a very uh, rich world. I would like to see something else, and you know, the new offshoot television show that we're going to get uh, very very soon. Uh, could be that, or it could be a spinoff of, you know, existing characters in some way as well. Yeah, well, we'll get to that a little bit in the news because there's some news relating to that. But I think, you know, with a novel or with, with not just with a novel, but anything, I think there's almost a, a – I think it's almost easier to start something brand new than try to continue something like they did here with characters that may or may not be that interesting to people. Right. Like bringing a side character to the forefront – is I think especially in a written medium like a book is trickier than than just starting fresh and saying here's all new characters yeah it's the Walking Dead but we're gonna start something new here and go from here. It's true. So, anyways, thanks Brad for your uh, comments there. If anyone else has any comments on the book, we'd love to hear them. So send them in to uh, Talking Dead Podcast at gmail dot com. All right, going next, the Walking Dead news. <laughs> The Walking Dead News. Alrighty, so Season 5B, as we've already talked about, is coming up next week. It starts on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And we have some more, well, we have some episode titles and information to bring your way. Good. And uh, episode number nine, that's the first one airing next week, mm-hmm. is going to be called What's Happened and What's Going On. What's Happening? <laughs> And what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's happened and what's going on? Yeah. So this is going to be a clip show or, or a partial clip show to show us what's Aww. happened. And oh, okay. Then, okay, good. And not, then, not the traditional clip show as in it'll be 80% recycled content from previous episodes. Uh, well, I think maybe that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a clip show sort of – it'll be like a half an hour of previously on The Walking Dead – and, oh, come on. They can't do that. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. It's going to be a flashback show. Right? Uh, I don't think so. I think that this episode number nine is going to be um, more or less just uh, them dealing with the immediate fallout of what happened at the end of episode eight. They're going to deal right. with people like they're going to have a ceremony, some sort of burial for Beth. They're going to stand around deciding where to go, talking about what to do next. Maybe we'll get an update on why the fire truck people came back, sort of thing like that. We're gonna we're gonna recap what happened, but frame it in the context of we need to all get on the same page and decide what we're gonna do now. Right. Okay. Good. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Um, the, here's the episode description from AMC for this one, and it's after facing uh, all of the recent trials, a slight detour may offer the solution that the group has been seeking. So they're going on a detour. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm still trying to get away from uh, uh, what's happening because you know rerun was on what's happening, and now we're getting a detour on uh, what's happened. Uh-huh. So uh, I don't know. It just seems like a what's happening episode <laughs> so far. What's up? What's up with this group? That's what they should have called it. Yeah. Um, this one is directed by Greg Nicotero. So okay. speaking of Mr. Nicotero, he directed this one. He he bookends this whole season. He directed the first episode, No Sanctuary. He directs the first one back, episode 9, and he directs the last one, episode 16. Awesome. Which we don't have a title for yet. But uh, directed by Greg and written by Scott M. Gimple, so written by the showrunner. Cool. So these are the episodes that you got to think are the ones that really tie the story together, the really longer story of everything, you know? These are the guys that have the grand vision in their head. Cool. Episode 10 is called Them. As opposed to us. As opposed to us or we or you guys. (laughs) Use guys. Yeah. I like that. Them. It is directed by Julius Ramsey and written by Heather Belson. 
The description or the, the tagline for this one is the group feels beaten after living life on the road and must continue to trudge along in spite of the changes they have incurred. Cool. Changes, changes. are a coming. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh, number 11 is called The Distance. So that's a reference to the cake song, I'm sure, The Distance. Yeah, I just, it started running through my head. There you go. It is directed by... I'm, I'm curious about this one. It's directed by Larissa Kondraki and written by Seth Hoffman. The reason I'm curious is because Larissa Kondraki is a uh, Canadian director, which is, you know, we're Canadian. So I'm, I'm interested to see... That's great. What, we, ...what she does here. She did a feature film called The Whistleblower a few years ago in 2011. Uh, yeah, I know that movie. There you go. I think I know that movie. Uh, that's what's, what's her name? I don't know. Uh, the whistleblower with starring Rachel Weisz and David Strathairn, Strathairn and Monica Bellucci, Monica Bellucci too. So the whistleblower, I haven't seen the movie, but that was, uh, directed by her and, um, Benedict Cumberbatch. I didn't know he was in that. Was he in that? Well, I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with the movie, but I haven't seen it. Well, there you go. She, you know, went to McGill from Toronto, so I'm curious to see that one. And um, what's that? I said that one's uh, written by Seth Hoffman. And then episode number, oh, I should read the uh, description of that one. What's that? The Distance. After withstanding a spectacular storm, Rick and the others meet what appears to be a friendly person, but find themselves mistrustful. Oh, no, a friendly person. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kill him! <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can't have no friendly people around here. Yeah, that friendly person's going to die. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that friendly person will be played uh, by somebody we reported on last time or the time before. Uh, so if you're curious about who that might be, you can go back and listen. Is it Ricky Gervais? No, God, I oh, hope thank not. God. Oh, Ricky Gervais, He's con- he was funny in, in the British office, but boy, does he annoy me now. I, I don't know what it is. I feel like every time he's in a movie, he just drives me crazy. Oh, I, I dislike him immensely. I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't watch the British Office because of him. Well, see, he made the British Office, but he it was all about him being awkward, and that's and that was okay. That's what that was. But a movie like Stardust. Did you ever see Stardust? No. He he had a, a cameo in that, and it almost ruined the movie for me. And I kind of enjoyed the rest of the movie. So, um. Anyways, back to The Walking Dead. Episode number 12 is going to be called Remember. Oh, and this one's directed by Nicotero as well. Nice. And I don't know who it's written by. That is coming up on March 1st, Remember. And the description here is the group has a difficult time molding to a new lifestyle, forcing them to consider whether they can be the people they once were. Well, that's kind of spoilery. Well, here's the thing. These descriptions, I mean, if they're real, I assume they're real. They're being reported by uh, semi-legitimate websites. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I think they're a little bit more descriptive than usual from from AMC. Yeah. You know, usually AMC is like the group walks through the forest and tries to think about what to do next. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. But so they're going to meet a nice guy, and then they're going to try and adjust to their new surroundings. After surviving a storm and uh, going on a slight detour. Huh. So, you know, maybe these aren't real because they just feel like they're a little bit too descriptive. So I don't know, but this is what we have right now. I'm pretty sure the episode titles are official, uh, but who knows right. about those descriptions? Well, maybe we should add in descriptions, uh, you know, maybe edit the IMDb page for these episodes and put in descriptions like uh, uh, Rick stabs Daryl in the neck and see how long it is before it gets changed. <laughs> Probably pretty quick. Although I don't know about the IMDb. I think on Wikipedia would change that pretty fast. I'm afraid of Wikipedia. I'm afraid to make a change. If I make a change on Wikipedia, somebody's coming to my house. I'm sure of it. Really? Well, the Wik- those Wikipedia people, they're, uh, they're pretty adamant about... Uh, stuff shouldn't we start our wikipedia page for this podcast being i'm not a... sure we can really someone well why it not? depends we have to prove that uh we have to come up with proof that we are a reputable source of information um i don't know if that's true i think we just have to exist and have a reasonable expectation that someone would want to find out information about us i don't know though i've never looked into it so yeah. i'm afraid of wikipedia people 
All right. So maybe we won't do it because you're afraid of them. It's like the uh, the Illuminati, the information Illuminati. I'm sure of it. Okay. They're coming to my house if I make a change to any Wikipedia page. I a long time ago I made a change to one. It did not last long. <laughs> yeah, I think I made a change once too, but then I had to move. Oh yeah. You had to move, so they're still looking for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to let them know where I live. All right. Well, there you go. There's some episode titles and synopses for uh, the next four episodes. After that, we don't know anything. Well, we know the directors. Um, so I'll, I'll real quick say episode 13 is directed by David Boyd. Number 14, I'm very interested in seeing. Directed by Jennifer Lynch, daughter of famous film director David Lynch. Oh, and right. da- David Lynch, of course, is, you know, the guy who did, um, oh, come on. Firewalk With Me. Yeah, that was Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Uh, Eraserhead, Elephant Man. Um, but what's the one? Oh, Lost Highway. Do you remember Lost Highway and Mulholland Drive? I remember Mulholland Drive. I do not remember Lost Highway. I'm just really interested in that. I mean, if his, his daughter is anything like he is as a director, that could be a weird episode. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it also could be, you know, complete crap. And the only reason she got the job is because uh, of her name. And uh, it'd be like, you know, if uh, your dad was uh, Steven Spielberg and you've never done anything directing in your life or producing and all of a sudden you wanted to be a director and it's like, oh, he's the son of Steven Spielberg. And you get up there and you're like, okay, guys, act. <laughs> I mean, action. Go. <laughs> <laughs> act better. Yeah. Uh- um, well, it's, you know, she, it's not like she's never done anything. She doesn't have a huge film career, but her first mo- first movie was Boxing Helena, which, oh, okay. which was a weird movie apparently. And yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. And then she okay, did. Okay. So she has some credentials. That's good. It's yeah, not like yeah. you trying to direct something. No, no, no. She did a movie called Surveillance, uh, Chain to Fall from Grace. I'm just looking at her Wikipedia page. Um, but Boxing Helena did not get good reviews, but it was a rather controversial movie. Um, and it did receive a Razzie Award for Worst Director. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that gives me even more hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll see. I don't I, know. I think... <laughs> I give the people who give out Razzies more credit than the uh, the people who give out Oscars. Because you're worried, you're worried they might sh- have, you know, bad people show up at their house one day. <laughs> I disagree with Oscar uh, winners, and uh, but I've never disagreed with a Razzie. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they know how to really pick do. out the worst of Hollywood. Yeah. Anyways, Jennifer Lynch, I'm I'm interested to see what happens there. Number fifteen is Michael E. Satrazimus, and finally sixteen is Greg Nicotero, as I said. So we'll get more titles uh, as the weeks and days go on. I'm sure. All right, uh, more spinoff news, spinoff TV show news. Good. And they have a there is a rumored title now. And it's oh, yeah? it's it's a pretty solid rumor because um, some other guy was announced as the cast and his talent agency actually listed the show with this name. And the name is Fear the Walking Dead, which is a weird name for a show. Rejected. <laughs> it's rejected by me. Uh, I reject it. That's horrible. Fear the Walking Dead. Is it Fear Colon the Walking Dead? Not that I can tell. It's just Fear the Walking Dead. Why are they telling me what to do? If it was if it was a subtitle Fear, why not the Walking Dead Colon Fear? But then what does that even mean, right? I don't know. So we'll see. It's it's a rumored title. I feel like it's probably pretty solid at this point, and people out there are taking it as fact. But we will see. Maybe I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not sure I like it either, but sometimes it takes a while to warm up to stuff, right? I would have preferred Cobalt. Isn't that the wasn't that the, the code name for it? Yeah, the working title, Cobalt. That would have been fine. The Walking That's Dead a, Cobalt. No, just Cobalt. And then a picture of a, like a dead person or something. Not a dead person, <laughs> but a zombie. Right. <laughs> zombie. They're dead people. <laughs> uh yeah, well, I don't know. We We'll see. I mean, Fear the Walking Dead may or may not be real, and if it is, I'm sure we'll all get used to it. If we have to. Yep. All right. Now, Nerdist. That is Chris Hardwick. He is the host of AMC's Talking Dead show, but he has his whole own thing going on called Nerdist Industries, I think. Right. And he does a bunch of podcasts, or he has people doing a bunch of podcasts, and one of them is, like, Nerdist News. 
And they reported something about this spinoff that I find rather interesting. And again, coming from him being so close to the production, I got to think this is likely true as well. But again, okay. I don't know. Could have, could could be entirely uh, rumor too. But Nerdist News reported that a leading character from the spinoff show will actually appear on the main show for a six-episode arc during season six. How does this work? I don't know. Yeah. Because apparently the spinoff show takes place during the initial outbreak while Rick is in a coma. So early on in the outbreak. And if a character from this spinoff show is going to appear in the main show in season six, that's like two, three years into the zombie apocalypse. So what is going to be happening, if I understand things correctly here, is that the spinoff show will be early on. And then on the main show, we'll see basically a future prediction or future actions of one of the characters from the spinoff show. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that could work. I mean, it's a it's it's a storytelling device where you you know you show the ending and then you show how they got there, kind of thing. So maybe uh, you know I'm hoping that if it's a six episode arc, that uh, so they're going to be there for a while. Maybe at the end of the arc, that character dies, right? And then we know how it's going to end, which well, I think might be could be an interesting device. So we know that. So watching the spinoff show. And watching the main show, we're going to know that character X from spinoff show doesn't survive. Let's say they do die in the main show. We know yeah. that their story is done. They are dead at this point because these two shows are canon to each other. And But people are still going to be watching the spinoff show for as long as it goes on, knowing that that character is going to be dead in the future. Right. Which which could work. I agree with you. It might it work. It could work. I mean, we all watched the Titanic and we knew what was going to happen at the end of that movie. That's true. <laughs> we sure did. Um, or even if the character in the spin in the main show doesn't die, it gives. It's almost like that show flash forward, where everyone passes out for a minute and sees a glimpse of their future six months in the future or whatever. Yep. It's like you get that kind of thing, and I do think that's kind of an interesting device here. Yeah, I th I think that could work. I wonder if they're going to do this more than just this once, or if the idea here is just to give just enough crossover so that people watching the main show might go and watch the spinoff and people watching the spinoff might tune into the main show if they're not already. Oh, God, yeah. That's the primary goal of having crossover crap go on, and this is definitely crossover crap. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is we need to move these viewers over from this show to this other show. Uh, so the best way to do that is to do a crossover. But if, you know, if this show is taking place in a different time frame than this other show, ah, screw it. Let's do it anyway. Yeah. And here's the thing. Season six, we got to assume will start sometime in October of this year. Yeah. Mid-October. And I'm sure they'll do the same thing where they do nine episodes or sorry, eight episodes and then take a break. So if the, if the, if this character's arc is in the first uh, first eight episodes of season six. Yep. That could be around the time when the the spinoff show is on as well or maybe about to start or just ended. Who knows? Oh, no. The spinoff show will start in January during the hiatus. You think so? It's No, it's scheduled yeah. to start in 2015. So it's going to start, if anything, in the hiatus like November. Yeah, well, that that's what I mean. It's gonna, it's uh, it, it won't run concurrently. It'll it'll launch the week after the Walking Dead mid season finale. Yeah, sorry, not November. That would be December this year, probably. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, this is definitely going to be a uh, continue watching the Walking Dead saga on Fear of the Walking Dead, starring uh, Jimmy Joe Bob, you know, Rent Smooth, uh, who was previously on you know, on the, the Walking Dead regular show. Okay. So, okay, so we're going to have, all right, that makes sense. We're going to have new character in the main show during October, November, and then Fear the Walking Dead starts in December, where you can follow this character's story from early on in the zombie apocalypse. Right. I think you may be onto something here. Yeah, and I've copyrighted the name Jimmy Joe Bob Rensmuth, by the way. Okay, well, speaking of actors who will be in the uh, spinoff show, a guy named Carlos E. Campos 
was cast as faculty member. <laughs> so he, he may not have a big role. He doesn't have a name. He just has a description um, unless he will be given a name later. But this is the guy whose talent agency, which was Meridian Talent Management, published this casting uh, information with Fear the Walking Dead listed as the title of the show. This all sounds very sketchy to me. It kind of does, but Fear the Walking Dead was was reported everywhere, and not just from this uh, this. I don't think just from this talent agency posting. So, I think the name may be true, or maybe real. I don't know who Carlos Campos is, though. Um, well, who names their son Carlos Campos? That's a good name. I like names that alliterate. Yeah, okay. my my last name starts with F. I couldn't think of any kids' names that I liked that started with F, so that's my, why my kids don't have names that alliterate. But I tried, man. I tried hard. Are you looking right. up Carlos? I'm looking up Meridian Artists to see if that's a real thing. Meridian Talent Management. It's a real oh, okay. thing. Uh, anyways, Carlos E. Campos, it makes sense that he would be cast as faculty member because, as we know, these new characters worked in a school. One of them is a, a school principal, I think, and the other was the guidance counselor, so he's another faculty member at this school. Right. Sounds legitimate to me. Anyways. Yeah, well, okay, so Meridian uh, Talent Management has a Facebook page. No. They have, uh, two, they have 220 likes. Oh, good for them. Good for them. This is fake. This is all fake. Oh, we'll see. We will see. I don't know. The show is I shooting just believe the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so that's that's your update on spinoff news. We will get more and more as the days and weeks go on, I'm sure. One more item here in the news. There's going to be a a Walking Dead spoof movie. Good. Um, called The Walking Deceased. <laughs> Good name. See, that's that's a better name. Why don't they name the, sh- the spinoff show that? The Walking Deceased. I like that better than Fear the Walking Dead. Well, you have it's to. like Fear the Reaper. You have to have The Walking Dead in there, though. But they could have done, like, The Stumbling Dead or the, maybe The Stumbling Deceased. Right. You know, Um, from IMDb, here's the description. When a police officer wakes up in a hospital to find out he is in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, he will do anything to find his family, even sacrifice Twitter. I don't know what that means. (laughs) In fact, when I got to the end of that sentence, I doubled, I questioned whether I copied it down right, because that doesn't seem right. Anyways, he's going to have to do something to uh, find his family. I would sacrifice Twitter to find my family. You're not a fan of the Twitter, eh? Well, I'd say, well, I am a fan of the Twitter, sort of, but uh, I would sacrifice it to find my family. I'd probably sacrifice Facebook to find my family. Uh, sure, why not? I don't know how you'd do that, but yeah, your family's important. Comingsoon.net reports a little bit more on this, and they write that the story follows an idiotic sheriff with brain damage his hardened son, and a hobo armed with a crossbow. Nice. <laughs> so that sounds funny. They also refer to this as the scary movie of the zombie genre. Well, of course. Have That's you, exactly what they're doing. Have you seen any of the scary movie films? I have not. I've seen at least one or two of them. Um, and they can be funny, but I don't find them super funny. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to have to watch this. In fact, I think we should watch this when it comes out and review it. Sorry, what did they say Norman Reed, the Norman Reedus character was? Did they say hobo with a crossbow? Hobo armed with a crossbow. Hobo with so it's sort of like hobo with a shotgun. We might get a little hobo with a crossbow. I'm thinking we might get a little bit of that in there as well. And I don't think they'll just stick to the Walking Dead to spoof. They'll go to other zombie uh, zombie stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm. You know, can we say that uh, Norman Reedus doesn't play a hobo? Uh, <laughs> that's why it's we never, funny. Do we, we never did find out what he did before the outbreak, right? Uh, what did he say? He he told that He's, kid something. I forget what it was he now. He basically did odd jobs and nothing. So he was pretty He's pretty much hobo with a, with a crossbow anyway. Right. But that's why so, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> because it's barely parody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so anyways, this walking deceased apparently is coming uh, out on March 20th, 2015, and I saw multiple conflicting reports that it was either in limited theatrical release or straight to DVD, straight to home video. So I don't know. Either way, though, I think you and I should watch it and review it on this podcast. Yeah. All right. We are making that uh, 
decision right here, right now. All right, that's it for the news. Um, one more thing I want to talk about before we, we wrap up this week's podcast. Okay. And that is that while I was in Florida, which was last week, I had some time in the sun on the beach, got a little tan, everything was nice. Uh, although it was a little cool down there, but still much nicer than here. Seeing, uh, Crimea River. Seeing, yeah, seeing us <laughs> right now, we're below like three feet of snow and it's freaking cold. So I shoveled twice today. And you probably have to do it again still. No, no, it's, it stops snowing. Okay. It's fine. When, we, when I got home, it was fine. I, uh, yeah, I shoveled a lot this morning too. We had a big storm. Anyways, I was in Florida and I took that opportunity to visit a Toys R Us down there and take a look for the McFarland Toys Walking Dead building sets, which are exclusive to Toys R Us in the States. You can't get these up here in Canada. That really sucks. Yeah, it kind of does. But not entirely. Um, so I bought the uh, Daryl with a chopper building set. Sorry, Daryl mm. with chopper. There's no ah. Um, and this is the smallest of the sets. I saw three in the store. The other one was um, the governor's room, which did look pretty cool. It was, you know, governor in a chair with, a, uh, with all his fish tanks there, and you got zombie Penny coming in. And then the biggest one was the prison tower and gate. And I'll be honest, the reason I bought this one is because it was the cheapest. It was 20 bucks, Right. As opposed to, I think, 39 for the governor's room, or maybe 29 And then, like, 65 bucks for the prison tower and gate. You can also buy figures, too, to just go along with them, like individual figures. You can just buy the figures, really? Yeah, you can. Um, That's cool. There's a set of them. You know, Rick, Michonne, uh, Carl... It looks like Merle and maybe some zombies. Um, so anyways, I bought Daryl with a chopper. I brought it home. I've put it together. And I thought I'd just there, share, share my thoughts on it because this stuff is similar to Lego. And I know you're a big Lego guy. Yep. And, um, you know, I thought you might be curious and the people out there might be curious to hear what I think of this thing. So I am very curious. Here's the... So, so you put it together, what, last night or the night before? No, uh, what a, what day is it? It's it's Monday? It's Monday. We've been back. I put it together like Friday night, I think. Friday night. Okay, so that sounds like a good Friday night for, for you. Yeah, man. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a wild and crazy guy. I sit at home building, building Walking Dead models on my Friday Were you nights. drinking and watching hockey at the same time? Oh, if it was on, I would have been, yeah. <laughs> um, good for you. So I put this thing together, and the, the best way I can describe this is frustrating. Frustrating. It's not terrible. But it does not have the, well, it doesn't have the quality of Lego. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's fair to compare this to Lego because it is a very different approach to a building set. It does say right on the box, um, can't find it now, but it says somewhere here that it is compatible with other building toys. So I didn't try, but I'm pretty sure that these pieces fit together with Lego if you want to mix and match. Yeah, they probably would. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Um, but there's some things about it that just don't stack up when you compare this to Lego. And like I said, I'm not sure it's fair to do that because what I've got here is very different. It serves a different purpose than a Lego set, I think. Um, you know, I believe that, and, you know, maybe you disagree a little bit, but I believe that Lego is meant to be played with. You, you build something, you take it apart, you build something else out of it. And uh, someday go back to the instructions and build the thing again, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and Lego is very versatile in that. You, you get a lot of pieces that can be used in a lot of different ways. Right. For and I agree absolutely with that theory. Okay, good. Um, this build I don't, I don't do that, but you agree I agree with, with the theory. Okay. <laughs> this is not like that at all. What you get in this box is designed to build like a model, more or less. Like when I was a right. kid, I used to build model planes, right? And... Yep. You glue it all together, and even if it just snapped together, you couldn't build anything else out of those pieces but that plane. And this set is kind of like that. You can only build Daryl on a motorcycle, you know, beside on the side of the road with this set. Right. I guess if you had enough of it, you could build, like, a bigger road, or you could build a longer, I don't know, more more street signs or something like that. Cause it comes right, so with jump a in a car, sign. go to New, drive to New York, mm -hmm. buy 15 or 20 more of these sets. Yeah. And then come back and uh, see what you can build. Well, then an I... An army of Daryls on choppers. I could build an army of Daryls, exactly. I could build a street, 
like right now it's it's you know about four inches wide and it is a section of road daryl's on his motorcycle and down the middle there is a like a guardrail and on the other side there's grass and it comes with right. a zombie as well and you know sure i could build a really long street with a row of daryl's and that would be that um, but I don't see myself building much else out of this. Now, maybe if I went and got all the sets and I had all the different pieces, I could do something. The one thing about this one that, you know, is different than the other two is that the other two sets, at least the prison tower, they're more, they, it looks like they come with sort of more generic brick type pieces where the prison tower, I could build a different building out of those prison tower bricks, maybe. Right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't buy it. I'll, maybe I will someday. I'll try it. Um, but still, even with those other ones, like the governor's room, there's a lot of fish tanks with heads in there. What else are you going to do with fish tanks with heads? <laughs> you know, Put I them don't in know. a room. <laughs> Put them in a room. Well, so, so I think uh, you're thinking of this as uh, a Lego analog, and it, it's not. It's not. Right? It's, it is a, uh, a self-assembled display. Like you, you, some assembly required. Mm-hmm. Is basically it's uh, which I don't disagree with. I think it's great because uh, I honestly believe that things you uh, work on yourself have more intrinsic meaning. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that idea that you know I, I have this thing that I, I I love The Walking Dead. I wanted to have this display on my shelf of uh, Daryl on a motorcycle with a zombie. I think that's really cool, and I get to build it myself. That's awesome. You're right. These are all good things for sure. And I'm trying not to criticize it based on this because I don't think it's fair to compare what this is trying to do with what Lego's trying to do. So, you know, there's that. And but but that aside, there were some things that were frustrating about this build. First of all, the instructions are not very good. The main thing that bothered me is the color of the pieces in the instructions does not really match the color of the pieces in the box. Well, that's no good. No. So you have to you have to disregard color when you're when you're putting stuff together. And that Lego instructions can be tricky when it comes to color too. I agree. There's there it's hard to tell the difference between like purple and dark blue in Lego instructions, but at least it's close. They also have violet. There's also a violet color and a light violet and a dark violet, I think. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. But this is like gray and brown. There's it's just not the same. Yeah. And I, you know, I had to stop and look for a while and be like, okay, I think they mean these pieces, but they're gray, but in the instructions, they're brown, and the ones that are brown are gray. So I don't know. So I just went by the look of the piece rather than using color to help identify them. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing is, and this is just, you know, I guess related to this set in particular, is that on the on the far side of the, the guardrail and the side of the road that Daryl's on, is a bunch of grass and each little crop of grass there's like 40 of them comes you know as its own piece basically and the tiles that form the ground have these tiny little holes in them and you have to plug every piece of grass into these little holes so you're planting grass you're planting grass and it i found it sort of annoyingly an annoyingly arduous process to do this because your fingers were getting in the way and trying to plug in one section of grass would knock out another section of grass. So once I got them in there, I'm like, I'm never touching that grass again. Cause as soon as I do, it's all going to fall apart. Right. Um, and maybe that's just me. I don't know. As for the quality of it feels pretty good. The, f- the pieces are, are, are decent quality. Um, it's not huge, but I didn't expect it to be huge. It's detailed, which is nice. Um, it's definitely more realistic than what you build with Lego. I mean, right. it's not Lego universe, it's Walking Dead universe. And uh, it was, you know, other than some of the frustrating bits about the instructions and the grass, it was enjoyable to put together. And I could see having much better time putting together the other two bigger ones uh, because they don't have grass. Or, well, you know what? The prison gate has a bit of grass, but not as much, <laughs> not as much. <laughs> right. Um. So overall, I thought it's okay, I, I'd have to say, as a building set. Did you set. eat any of the pieces? No, I did not. Okay. And I didn't put them on the ground and step on them with bare feet either, which sometimes drives me crazy about Lego. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, does that happen to you often? <laughs> well, I have children who play with Lego, so it doesn't... No, I know that. It That's doesn't always get put away, and yeah, it's happened to me before. I don't know if you've ever stepped on a piece of Lego. It hurts yeah. like a mother. Yeah, I've stepped on Lego. <laughs> um. 
one other thing, putting the motorcycle together uh, was kind of cool. But again, it's a bunch of motorcycle pieces. You can't build anything else out of these motorcycle pieces. And there was some little like exhaust pipes and tubes you have to put on into these tiny little holes. I had trouble doing it and I started to get angry. Because well, you need uh, what you need is a magnifying lamp and some tweezers, maybe and tweezers. Yeah, I've 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 been thinking lately that uh, having uh, semi-assisted robotic arms would be great. You know how uh, uh, when people are working with uh, radioactive materials, they manipulate controls where the arms that actually do the crap right. are in a different room somewhere. Mm-hmm. I often thought that uh, I'm starting to think that they'd, they'd be handy to have around. Like, uh, and even to, to miniaturize your, mo- your movements, right? So you have very fine manipulator, uh, like tweezers on the end. And what you do as the controller is you make larger gestures and the, uh, the, the computer system or whatever your uh, that translate your motion into the motions of the manipulators at the end would, uh, you know, downsize those motions in order to, you know, miniaturize them Yeah, and would also, uh, cut out, any uh you know natural vibrations of you know our our motion mine my hand shakes a little bit oh yeah yeah you know, and if i move things it's not precise all the time so you know uh the computer would nullify those kind of effects so i thought i think that having a set of those would be really handy to have around it would nullify the beer shakes when i don't have enough beer in a day that's right, right. Would, uh, get the, uh, <laughs> you, you get the shakes yeah um, um i agree so that would be handy and uh also having uh you know you could have three arms where, uh, you know, I, I don't know how that would work, but uh, I think having more than two, I think we need another arm. As as a, as a, an animal, I think uh, three hands and arms would be perfect because then you could hold something with two hands and then still do something. And manipulate with it with one. the third, exactly. Yeah. None of this one hand holding on to crap and it falling down on your toe. And yeah, I just, I think we would, uh, we could really use a third arm. I think so. I think, I, you know, now that you say that, I fully agree. Yeah, fully agree. Anyways, we don't have three arms, most of us. Oh, man, we could eat and drink at the same time. I got three legs, though. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yes, we could. <laughs> yeah. um, you could drive a car and text at the same time totally safely. Oh, yeah. Well, we need three <laughs> eyes for that. No, you, you know what? A third eye on a stalk sticking, sticking out of the top of our head. People are going to look weird if you get your way. <laughs> <laughs> yep all right so here there you go um that's kind of my review of of daryl with chopper a little bit frustrating but a good looking end product a lot of details and uh i really think these are models and they're not play sets like you're not going to play with this you're going to build this put it on your shelf and admire it and never take it apart all right what would you give it on a scale between zero and one i would give it a 0.75 oh no no fractions <laughs> then I'm going to, that's a hard thing to choose. <laughs> give me a bigger scale and I'll give Only you Only real numbers, my friend. All right. Would you give it a one or uh, a zero? I'd have to give it a one. All right then. Good. Okay. Uh, all right. And that's that. I, I do think maybe if I decide I can afford it, I'm going to somehow get my hands on um, one of the other bigger ones because I would like to experience a bigger set, especially the, the prison tower. That looks pretty fun. You should have bought four of them. One for you, one for me, and two for giveaways. Yeah, you know, I should have, but what are you going to do? Maybe next time I'll I'll do that. I should have brought you one at least, but I'm a dick. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. That's it for this podcast, Jason. Unless you've got anything else you want to bring up right now. Now's your As chance. As a matter of fact, uh, I don't. Okay, that's good. We'll be back next week on Monday, in a week from tonight, when we are talking about Season 5, Episode 9, what happened and what's going on. (laughs) Hey, oh, and that reminds me. Um, We like to have listeners read the titles of episodes. So if you want to read that one, get your phone out, call our line, whatever, and read what happened and what's going on, and we'll play that to uh, sort of introduce the the, uh, recap of next week's episode. If you want to read it as if you're confused, that'd be great too. Well, what 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 happened? What, what's going on? <laughs> that'd be amazing. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. All right, um, send that in to us. And if anyone else wants to send in any comments or feedback, you can do so at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail dot com. You can also give us a phone call on the toll free phone line, which is one eight four four 
483-9662. That still is a secret number. Please don't post that online because then you get all the AMC talking dead people calling it, thinking they're going to chat with Chris Hardwick, and that just gets annoying. Um, visit us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. And uh, we'll be back next week when we're talking about what happened and what's going on. What's going on? <laughs> where am I? They just needed to add a where am I at the end and it would have been yeah. perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everybody. Until next week, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.